We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you dropping by. Appreciate you tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, which we will get to a little bit more later. Today, we're going to talk about the 49ers. 31-13 to 13 Thanksgiving win over their division rivals, the Seattle Seahawks, um, in somewhat impressive fashion. I think that's what I'm going to go with. And I'm not necessarily a guy that's hard to please. I, I don't think I'm very critical of the 49ers uh, you know, on a game-by-game basis. If they deserve it, they deserve it. But it was a solid win. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't always clean. There were things that this team is going to feel like they need to clean up, but it was a 31 to 13 win in Seattle, which I think is kind of where our, our, our laurels need to rest when it comes to thinking about this game is there are plenty of things that this team is going to wish that they could have cleaned up about that win. Uh, we'll get to a lot of them. They probably are not leaving Seattle thinking they played anywhere near a perfect football game. The defense might be. We'll get on. We'll get to that later too. Um, but it definitely gave gave the team uh, something to celebrate, while at the same time not feeling like you know they they can lose any of their edge. And I think we said something similar in their win over the Bucks. Now the the problem with this is, and the problem with this sort of feeling after these games is, it, it kind of leaves the the thought in your mind that the 49ers are getting away with things that they can get away with against mediocre football teams like the Buccaneers and the Seahawks, who are 6-5. and five. They're almost the definition of mediocre. Um, but it, it, it seems like there are things happening that we'll, we'll touch on that you won't be able to get away with against good teams, that they won't be able to get, get away with in the in the playoffs and so on. You guys get the point I'm making, but in the end, again, I feel like when you, after you're done dissecting everything, you can still rest on the fact that the 49ers uh, went into Seattle on a short week and in a hostile environment, one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. 
and put down an impress a pretty impressive win on a decent team on a decent team and uh, you know maybe they're worse than what their record says maybe they're better than what their record says either way the 49ers for the most part for the most part shut down every single player that they have um available to them so um it's the first time per i, I heard nick nick wagner mention this a couple times uh, in uh, our post game press conference with Kyle Shanahan this is the first time in 49ers history. Again, this is per Nick Wag- Wagner of ESPN. This is his. Uh, this is his bit. Um, but he said in the first for the first time in 49ers history, they've beaten the Seahawks in two cate- two consecutive times in away games in the CA Seahawks Stadium, which is impressive nonetheless. Obviously, they did it last year and then uh, had two home playoff match or two home matchup against them. One was in the playoffs. And this time they uh, they went to Seattle again and were able to beat them convincingly again. So that's pretty impressive. We talked about it in the earlier in the in the earlier pod that the Seahawks have, in the grand scheme of things, kind of had the 49ers number for a while. It's not that like the 49ers had never beaten the Seahawks, um, but for the most part, especially during the Russell Wilson era, I think they were something ridiculous, like 15 and two, something like that, something that something not great. Not great, Bob. So for the fact the 49ers have kind of turned that corner and they're finally being able to consistently win against the Seahawks, it's a good thing. You all know it's a good thing. You don't need me to tell you that. Uh, The 49ers were, for the first time since they did it to the 49ers, the 49ers were eating turkey on their field after the game. So for those of you that I think we'll get into, I don't don't want to to crush someone's takeaways. I I saw that in the takeaways. We'll get to that. Um, on uh, less stellar news, safety George, o- George Odom, um, one of the 49ers' backup safeties, an absolute special team stud, uh, is likely out for the season with a torn bicep pending an MRI. Uh, there, are, Kyle Shanahan did mention that there are t- times where you can come back from a torn bicep, um, but he's just not sure if they're going to get the MRIs. And I'm disappointed in myself that I haven't mentioned it yet. I should have mentioned it before I got to any football. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Um, if you celebrate, hopefully you have found what you have to be thankful for, whether that's family, friends, the things that are going on around you, whatever you want, man, just give yourself maybe 60 seconds, just take a minute if you've got it and just think about the things that you have to be thankful for. Even if things aren't going great for you, just give yourself time to think about the things that you're thankful for. And maybe you'll come out of that minute just feeling a little bit better about things. So. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you got to spend it with your loved ones um, and or the special people to you. Um, and, I, and I hope it was well. I hope it was well. I am recording this podcast on at 9.43 p.m. on Thanksgiving evening. I had a great day, ate some great food, and I get Thanksgiving 2.0 tomorrow with the other side of the family. So not quite done yet. Got to, uh, usually, I always break down these, these reaction videos into... Two parts, offense and defense. We have to start with the defense today because although the 49ers won 31 to 13, you're looking at a defensive effort that essentially only allowed three points. Seven of those points were on a Brock Purdy pick six that we'll talk about later. Three of those points were a field goal, and the other three were was a field goal that was kicked on a from a possession, which was which included a like a 66 yard kick return on in that possession the defense held the the Seahawks to 
four plays and one yard, and then they kicked the field goal. So essentially what you should attribute to the 49ers defense is three points. They gave up one field goal. Now, I guess you could say, hey, they should have gotten three sacks in a row on that one drive and knocked him out of field goal range. You know, that's that's pretty silly, but pretty insane effort from the 49ers defense. I mean, that is not normal to go into Seattle and allow three points. We're going to give them that they allow three points. That's wild. That's just, just doesn't happen very often. I mean, you go through and you look at the Seahawks offense and it just reads like a game where the 49ers got the better of them. Um, Zach Charbonnet, they're starting running back 14 carries, 47 yards, 3.4 yards a carry. Geno Smith, 18 of 27 for 180 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, and a 70 rating. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jiba, uh, three, two catches for 41 yards. One of them was an insane uh, one-hander for 34 yards. DK Metcalf, three catches on nine, nine targets. Charvarius Ward said, nope, not today, for 32 yards, no scores. Tyler Lockett, three catches, 30 yards, no scores. Noah Fant, two catches, 25 yards. Nobody in this offense was able to have any real success. It was domination from start to finish. The 49ers defensive front has 15 sacks over the last three games. Nick Bosa, after the press conference, was like, and when we come back to the locker room, nobody has any idea what their stats look like because he's talking about the fact that this is essentially, over these last three games, since the 49ers have traded for Chase Young, It is essentially a race to the quarterback for this defense, which is exactly what they need it to be. You know, to have this type of star power up front and to have this type of talent throughout top to bottom of the defense, it's just the defensive front has to create consistent pressure. They've got to get home consistently for this to all work, and they have since Chase Young stepped in. And I'm not even sure that it was Chase Young. We can give You can give him as, as big a bouquet of flowers as you want because um, the fact is when Chase Young got here, the team started lighting it up. But that also coincided with you know Steve Wilkes moving down to the sideline, them realizing after losing three games straight that things just aren't looking the way it needs to. You know, everything kind of aligned at once for this defense in terms of their genesis and, and, and recreating the way they play. And so far, so good for that group. It, it's just been insane. They were making plays from top to bottom. Um, I mean, there were, you just go through the defensive stat sheet. It looks like a game of minefield. You've got Javon Hargrave with a sack and a half. You've got Tashawn Gibson with one sack on a play where Geno Smith fell down. Nick Bosa with two sacks. Eric Armstead with one sack. Kevin Gibbons with a half a sack. Then you've got one, two, three. Nick Bosa had five quarterback hits. That's more than three other players combined. Two, one, that's seven, that's nine, uh, 11, 12, 13 quarterback hits, five tackles for loss, uh, five pass breakups. Traverius Ward has three of them just to himself. Pretty insane. Pretty insane. From top to bottom, there's not a whole lot that you could complain about with this defense. Um, Traverius Ward said Kyle Shanahan sort of challenged him before the game to, I don't know if they said you're going to stick with DK Metcalf, but he challenged him before the game to shut down DK Metcalf and DK Metcalf finished this game with three catches on nine targets for 32 yards. And three of those, actually two of those pass breakups were with Traverius Ward in coverage. And then Traverius Ward's third 
was in coverage of Tyler Lockett, batting it down in the end zone. Probably one that he should have intercepted. Uh, Ambry Thomas also got himself an interception. I believe, was that being thrown to DK Metcalf? I thought it was. It might not have been. Doesn't really matter. Probably not. But for the first, like, three pass breakups that the 49ers had, all of them were near interceptions. Two of them were Charvarius Ward, and then Ambry Thomas finally gets himself one. Um, so from the start, this defense was was game. They were ready. And then the Seahawks, in one of the closest, you know, in, in one of the closest, um, the closest they got to the end zone all day was on an 11-play, 41-yard drive there towards the end of the uh, uh, of the game, and it got shut down by Nick Bosa uh, turnover on downs. Here's the uh, here's the Seahawks drive chart. Started the game off with a field goal that, like I said, the special teams basically put them there. Then after that, their drives went punt, interception, punt, punt, missed field goal, punt, field goal, punt, turnover on downs. That is uh, that is dominance. That is dominance. Now, the Seahawks offense is nothing to write home about, but they do have lots of talent. You're still trying to cover uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on every down. And um, the, the defensive front just get a, did a great job of getting home and really squashing any hope of a consistent drive or a consistent passing attack. You even look at the number of plays that the Seahawks got to run every drive. 4, 3, 2, 3, 3, 5, 7, 14, 5, 11. And again, that last 11, that was turnover on downs. The 14 was a uh, a field goal. So, yeah, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't really ask a defense to do any more than they already did. Like I said, they allowed 3 points. The other 3 were given up to from special teams and then 7 was was from the offense. So from top to bottom, a pretty insane defensive effort. Fred Warner, after the game, mentioned the fact that if you hold an offense to 3 of 11 on third down, which is what the 49ers did, uh, that's winning football. And it was. They only averaged 4.1 yards per play. They only had 88 yards rushing, 132 yards passing. Just looking at all these stats. What a beatdown. What a, what a, from the defensive standpoint, an absolutely elite performance. Let me go, let me look here. Let me just go to the Seahawks schedule real quick. I just want to see how many points this offense has averaged since they started the regular season 13 here, 37 here, 37 here, 24 here, 13 here, 20 here, 24, three against the Baltimore. Fool. Scored 29 against the Commanders, 16, okay, 16 against the Rams, and then 13 against the 49ers. Now, there are probably some other exceptions, sort of like what I'm speaking about when it comes to the 49ers, but if if, if the, all of those point totals remained relatively the same, it really makes the 49ers' three points allowed look pretty unbelievable. Pretty unbelievable. On offense... Um, McCaffrey gave us a beautiful, again, the 49ers were eating Thanksgiving dinner on the 49ers 50 yard line after the game. I know to some of you, that means the world, especially after they did it to the 49ers like eight or nine years ago, that was a candlestick, right? Hold on. Seahawks. 
49ers Thanksgiving. Um, that says 2014. Is that it? Okay, then no, that was Levi Stadium. That was Levi Stadium. Okay, all right. So the 49ers returned the favor, had their Thanksgiving meal. Christian McCaffrey was just blown away by this Thanksgiving meal, by the way. He sounded like uh, just an amateur food critic. He said the food was hot. It was juicy. His, the fact that the food was still warm was mind-boggling to him. He couldn't understand where they may have kept the food. He was really upset that he didn't get to try the sweet potatoes. And he was trying to make up. I mean, I've heard sweet potato casserole before, but he didn't want to call it a casserole. He called it a sweet potato souffle, which seems a little little sophisticated. But he really, really wanted those sweet potatoes, and he didn't get to have any. But he did say the turkey was on point. It wasn't dry. It was juicy. It was nice and warm. And uh, he just said it hit different to eat that food uh, on the opponent's field. George Kittle, with uh, the quote of the day, just basically told ESPN, was like, yeah, man, I mean, I get to come out here with my friends and hang out and eat eat Thanksgiving meal on my opponent's field. And he basically summed it up for everybody. Um, probably my takeaway from the offense, we'll start with, we'll start with Brock Purdy. Um, to me, if this is what a rough day for Brock Purdy looks like, I, I, and it wasn't that rough. But if this is what a uh, shaky performance, a rough day, an off Brock Purdy, you know, somebody who was just having to earn it a little bit more, then, then the 49ers are, are okay. Because Brock Purdy still went 21 of 30, which is 70%, 209 yards, um, one touchdown and one interception. And his one touchdown was absolutely outstanding, threading the needle to Brandon Ayuk inside of basically what was a diamond of four Seahawks defenders. Kyle Shanahan said it was basically a high-low play where if this player goes high, if this defender goes high, you go low. If he stays low, go high. And uh, it, it, both Purdy and Shanahan said there was a check down. I think it might have been McCaffrey. There was a check down beneath that probably would have gained them 20 yards, would have gotten the first down, would have kept the clock moving. But Purdy is aggressive, and Kyle Shanahan seemed Kyle Shanahan does a good job of never seeming impressed by anything for the most part, you know, or at the very least, he never seems blown away by anything, but he couldn't help but hide his glee when he was talking about this throw from Purdy uh, in the fourth quarter to IU to IU to essentially seal the game away, you know, to really diminish any chance the Seahawks had uh, of making something happen. Uh, the 49ers had that touchdown and then the Seahawks had their drive where they turned it over on downs. That was the last time the Seahawks touched the ball. So it really was uh, a game ceiling drive for the 49ers. And again, it was, it was a pass that was just like, boom, you know, it just dropped it in, in between four defenders. And what I think a lot of people don't realize too, and I think it's important that we see these angles is, Four defenders from a camera that's elevated and from the side of the field looks a hell of a lot different than what throwing to a receiver inside of four defenders looks like to a quarterback, let alone one that's like six one, looking over the top of six foot five and above offensive linemen. But I, I think it's important that the NFL and and some some sort of production show what these throws look like when you throw them. Because I can guarantee you what Purdy saw was four bright ass green, obnoxious ass action packed green fucking a right with a red dot right in between them, a white and red dot, given they won their throwbacks so clean. 
it just looks different when you're on the ground. Okay. I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence. I'm sure a lot of you guys can understand that, but throws that look impressive from the air, from the sideline are way more impressive looking from the ground. It's, it's just, I wish that we could see that more often. What, what the throw looked like from over the quarterback's shoulder, because I can tell you, if we saw that more often, you would really, really be much more attuned to how impressive these quarterbacks are with some of these throws. But um, Brock Purdy's days was was not flawless. He did throw a pick six, um, and Kyle Shanahan kind of broke down the fact that, you know, they saw a look, Brock Purdy checked into a play that he thought would beat that look, but the Seahawks were disguising the look they were actually going to give and uh, it, it, Kyle Shanahan was a double check. Maybe it could have been checked into three different plays. Um, but it, it just looked like a tough situation. Brock kind of tried to force it in. He didn't have a ton of time because they're throwing the ball very close, backed up against their own end zone. I don't really, I don't really have a problem with the fact that they're passing near the end zone. I, that happens a lot. It just has to be a very quick throw in relatively safe conditions. And when Purdy threw this ball, there were like three Seahawks defenders around him. It got lightly tipped at the defensive line, and then it went behind McCaffrey, who then tipped it again right into the hands of a Seahawks linebacker who took it in for six. It was just forcing the ball into a tough situation. But, you know, the play before that, they tried to throw it to Debo over the – short on the left side. And even that throw looked or that play slash throw slash looked a little dangerous. So it was a weird series and Brock Purdy was aware of the fact that that play put the Seahawks back in the game. It took a three score game and made it a two score game. It gave the stadium a lot of life. Um, Purdy did say that he, you know, he thought it was somewhat of a safe play based on what he was seeing, but again, it was disguised by the Seahawks. Um, he said his mindset after that play was to just stay aggressive and not change anything and keep firing the ball down the field, uh, which is a good attitude to have. You don't necessarily want a quarterback that just turtles up in situations like that where they no longer have the, uh, you know, the aggressiveness to make a defense pay after making a play against you, you know? So it, it was unfortunate. It was a rough play. Um, not necessarily where something we're used something we're used to seeing the 49ers defense do. But again, if this is Brock Purdy on a bad day, I know a pick six is something different. But to be completing 70% of his passes, a lot of which were great passes, and to have that one to Brandon Ayuk that was equally impressive, uh, Brandon Ayuk said after the game, is that is what you call a dot. It was it was a very impressive throw. Uh, Juwan Jennings had what I think to be maybe the play of the game. Maybe not the play of the game, but he caught like a seven yard out on their standout rookie, Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon immediately grabbed Juwan Jennings by the hip and Juwan Jennings proceeded to do like two spin moves in order to make the other four defenders miss and somehow managed to carry Devin Witherspoon around on his hip the whole time, making spin move after spin move and then driving forward with him still hanging on his hip. Um, to cross the uh, the first down marker. It was just an absolute, just, it's everything you want from a player. You know what I mean? Like, just fighting for every single yard. And that was on third down, of course. Insert third in Juwan line here. 
And uh, it was pretty impressive. So the offense was not nearly as stellar as the defense, but they weren't bad. I mean, if we go to the 49ers possessions, it was just, especially to start out the third quarter, the 49ers actually left a lot of points on the table. You know, here's their possessions. Touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt, field goal before the half, starting off with an interception return for the touchdown, then two punts, then a touchdown in the end of game. It's just, eh, you know, it's okay. They, they should have been up by more, especially on one of the punts. They had to punt from the Seattle's 40-yard line. Uh, they'd, done, they'd gone seven plays and 48, yard dry, 48 yards. And then earlier in the game, they were going for it on fourth and two, and uh, one of the offensive linemen had a false start on, on fourth and two. Like, you can't do that there, dude. Like, Come on. So it was not all that clean. It wasn't perfect, but, you know, 31 points is hardly something to complain about. It's over that 30 mark. But again, the 49ers offense seemed to make some mistakes here and there that they're just not going to be able to make against good teams, against good defenses. So we'll see how they clean it up. But I I still thought it it was a pretty damn impressive outing. Obviously, you can't really check out... Of the offense, without mentioning Christian McCaffrey, who had 19 carries for 114 yards, that's six yards a carry, and two scores. He also caught five catches for 25 yards. I mean, I don't know how many times I need to look at McCaffrey's numbers to just start pressing more on prize picks over and over. Now, prize picks didn't have that deal on McCaffrey, so technically I did get the more, but they had it at 0.5 yards, so of course. Um, speaking of prize picks, let's get into that. And then after I get into prize picks, we will get into your takeaways. That is where we're going next. Let me make sure I've got them pulled up. There we go. It's Thanksgiving takeaway time. But before we do that, let's check out my, check out my prize picks. I was close folks. I put together a respectable, a respectable lineup. I did not get it, but I put together a respectable lineup. Christian McCaffrey, of course, hit that was a prize fix deal. He only needed to get 0.5 rushing plus receiving yards. Um, Brock Purdy did throw for less than the 268 yards that I picked. He threw for 210. Debo Samuel did have more than 46.5 receiving yards. Um, he had 79. And then the one, I went with a power play. If I would have had a flex play, I would have won. I wouldn't have won much, but I would have won. I went with the power play, meaning all four have to get right. And Tyler Lockett ended with 30 receiving yards, and I had him for going more than 48, which he has in the last two times, or two out of the three last times, previous times, whatever I'm supposed to be saying here. So I missed out on that one, but I had three green bars. It looked good. It was it was a solid play. I just missed out on that one, um, but that's okay. That's okay. We did. We. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hating on that. You know, I was close. I was very close. I was very close. Uh, if you don't know what Prize Picks is, Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports. You jump on there, you pick two to six players, you pick more or less on whatever stat line you want to choose, and then you watch the winnings roll in. All right, you all, you've heard me say this. You know that what I like most about Prize Picks is that you go in there, you log in, you put your entry in there, you click the player, you can search for teams, you can search for sports, you can search for specific stats too. Like let's say you only want to place entries on 
rushing plus receiving touchdowns. And so you click that stat and it will bring up everyone with that stat. So it, it's, it's awesome. And if you wanted to, you can be, you can set a line out lineup in 30 seconds. You know, Monday night football starts in five minutes, get on there, find players that you're confident in, set your lineup, pick more, pick less and do the damn thing. That's what I did uh, last Monday. Um, I was just upset about losing out on my last two entries and I wasn't even close. So I set three entries on a, on a $5 power play and I won all three. Boom, 25 bucks. There you go. Um, that was that was a nice one for me. So if you want to get in on the Price Picks action, all you have to do is go to pricepicks.com slash gold, G-O-L-D. You're also going to use the code gold and that will give you a first deposit match of up to $100. All right, $100. So takeaway time. I, I think there's actually one of those sounds on here no i don't know there are little sound effects on the the application that i record on watch did you guys hear that the boomch and you can you can sort of hear it and i'm trying to like turn it up i don't know how well you guys can hear that but hopefully it's not ridiculously loud but i want to get one with like that air horn you know what i mean i just love the sound of that thing it makes me giggle all right, let's go back to my Thanksgiving takeaways. I clicked out of them like an idiot, but it's not going to be hard to throw, hard to find. All right, let us start at the bottom today. Let's go. Scroll down there. First, but absolutely not least. First, but not least. That's, Robert, shut the hell up. Chris, 71% of the earth is covered by water. Mooney War covers the rest. I love it. I love it. Also, I apologize for assuming you weren't a psychic during last week's takeaways. I got to go back. I, you know, I might, I might try and sneak that in right now. I'm going to go to last week's takeaway time and try and find why I thought you, you why I thought you thought I was a, a psychic, but uh, cause it, I, it sounds funny. I remember talking about it. I just would like to know exactly what I said. Here it is. Takeaway time. Okay, so I've got. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm not gonna waste too much time on this. I'm not gonna bounce back and forth. There's Chris. Oh, yeah. He says, "I know you're not a psychic, but how do you see the Eagles game playing out?" <laughs> uh, I am not a psychic. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna lose it again. Uh, now that I've seen the Eagles, but I mean, even though that was last week's takeaway time, now that I've seen the Eagles play the Chiefs, and now that I've seen the 49ers play the Seahawks. I just wonder if the 49ers are ready for that kind of scrap. Now there is a land, there is a, a make-believe world, there is a multiverse where the 49ers just go into into Philadelphia and mop the floor with the Eagles. They could do that, but the Eagles have just shown this ability to match everything their opponent is doing and just scrap by. Now I do think the Chiefs should have beaten the Eagles. They had so many drop passes, it was insane. But those are this part of the game. You're, if you're not going to catch the ball, you're not going to win. So it, it, it's interesting. You know, it'll be a tough road environment, just as tough as it was in Seattle. The, the fans there are absolutely ruthless. And uh, what, we will really see what the medal of the 49ers is like going into that game. Because the Eagles are going to be pissed that they had to hear all the excuses from the 49ers after the NFC Championship game. The 49ers are going to be pissed that all that shit happened to them. So it's going to be an emotional, gritty, tough game. And I'm interested to see how the 49ers can hang. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Too fresh. My takeaway, Christian McCaffrey is not human. The dude is a friggin' cyborg. Happy Thanksgiving. Hashtag striking gold fam. Thank you. Thankful for this group slash pod. Ladies and gentlemen, that's too fresh. Bringing to you the striking gold fam hashtag and being thankful for this group and this pod. I am thankful for you, man, because you have a significant role in this podcast, not to be understated. And I see that you replied to your own tweet with that funny picture of Christian McCaffrey standing there with like a stone cold look on his face while two dudes screw hit on his chin strap on either side, making it look like he's some type of Frankenstein. So it's a great tweet. That's a great re- reply tweet. Uh, Anthony Gonzalez score would be 31 to six. If it wasn't for a pick six true. And it would be 30. Uh, it would be 31 to three. If the special teams hadn't given up a huge return. So pretty impressive defense knob powder. The third, no fourth. Always changing that name. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. 49ers coming up huge on the road on a short week to backhand slap an inferior squad out of the way. It's bird hunting season and the first serving of flame grilled Seahawk tastes great on to Philadelphia where we find out if Eagle really tastes like chicken. (laughs) What a fantastic takeaway. I love it. I love it. But hey, man, I can promise you that. It doesn't matter what Eagle tastes like. If they go in there and they get that win, it's just going to taste sweet. Chase says defense raw at every level. Yep, you didn't. We didn't really see any drawback in the fact that um, Jair Brown stepped into the lineup to replace the injured Talano Hufunga. Now they've got to find somebody to replace the injured George Odom. Now George Odom Odom isn't a starter, but he is a solid player. Very good special teamer. They're going to have to figure that out. But like Chase said, the defense really was hitting on all cylinders, on all levels. Dre Greenlaw led the team with eight tackles. I mean, just look at Javon Hargrave's stat line. Seven tackles, one and a half sacks, two quarterback hits, and one tackles for loss. Nick Bosa's stat line, five tackles, two sacks for 16 and a half yards, five quarterback hits, two tackles for loss. They were just all over the place. Ambry Thomas had one interception and two pass breakups. Mooney Ward, three pass breakups. 
you can just go up and down the line at every level. And uh, they really did dominate it. So grass says the defensive player of the year is back. I think Trevorius Ward really hates DK. He brings it against him. He does. He does. And I, and I think he does. <laughs> he really hate him. Uh, they got a little weird in the second, but ended how it should have. I thought Purdy had a wonky night in the pocket, a little skittish, but fine night for the offense. Can we start scoring touchdowns off turnovers though? Yeah, I agree. If you go to their possessions, let's see, it tells you how they got the ball. So when they intercepted DK Metcalf, they immediately punted the ball three plays later. When they had a muff punt, they only managed four plays for eight yards and then they kicked a field goal. Um, when they got a turnover on downs, they ended the game. So yeah, there weren't really, there were three points scored off two turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. I'm struggling to speak. It's, it's, it's 10, 11 on Thanksgiving day. I, I didn't even, I wasn't even allowed to have a food coma. Um, yeah, it was a little, you know, I did see Purdy. I did saw, I did see Crocker tweet something about the fact that, you know, Purdy, you're not Lamar Jackson, stay in the pocket, throw with timing. You know, it's got to be hard for him because he, he is stone cold, but at the same time, that offensive line is giving up a decent amount of pressure every game. I mean, they gave up six quarterback hits. They gave up five tackles for loss. You know, Purdy did get sacked. It's sometimes Purdy holds the ball too long. Sometimes it's just constantly pressure. And Purdy's trying to find himself a little pocket to exist in, and, and that's tough to do. So, yeah. It's going to be tough. That might be their biggest challenge um, when they're going up against the Philadelphia is their pass rush is uh, is legit. Uh, Chris said the defense was practically flawless. I agree. The special teams had some scary moments. Yes, they did. Kyle and the offense got really weird for a bit all over the place, says uh, says Ramsey. Yeah, it, it is weird. The offense was weird. I need to go back and watch that game and just see what the hell was going on? What was going on? Because what's what's weird is one, two, three, three and outs. Three, three and outs. How many do the Seahawks have? One, two, three. See, you know, go back and watch that game. The 49ers had the same amount of three and outs as the Seahawks did. You know, it just it was weird. The offense was a little weird. Matt rushing. See, we're on tune. Clean up that offense a bit, and you've got a championship-level team. I agree. I agree. I'm not exactly sure what needs to be cleaned up right now, but we know it needs to be cleaned up. So I, I, I'm looking forward to rewatching that one. Jason Pinelli said, I enjoyed that. Thank you, Jason. I am happy you enjoyed that. Happy Thanksgiving. 49ers, good season. Yes. How will the four-man pass rush, no blitzing look against the best offensive line in the NFL next week? That is a phenomenal ch question that we are going to revisit this week. I'm going to give myself, you know, a weekend off, and then we're going to come back here. Uh, might come back early next week. Might just wait until till preview time. We'll see. We'll see. Thomas Larson. It's 5 a.m. here in Denmark. Hello from Denmark. Um, and I'm tired now, but nothing is better than a W against the Seahawks. Ha happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Thomas. Um, I hope you are sleeping now as I record this. All snug up in your beds and warm and cozy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's been a long time coming for the 49ers to finally have some dominance over the Seahawks. And yeah, I know it took Russell Wilson heading out, but the 49ers had some did they have some wins against Russell Wilson? A couple of them. 
Uh, you got the one with the Dre Lee Greenlaw tackle at the goal line. Man, so good. Snowflake season, 40, 49ers win by three possessions. Yes. So, Graz, and happy Thanksgiving to Rob and all the Strike and Gold fam. Coming back in, just drop in a little bit more pleasantries, a little bit more thanks, a little bit more goodness. Appreciate you, So, Graz. Danny Boy, I don't know who they're gonna going to credit all those sacks to. Each one had like three guys destroying Gina at once. Also, Mini Ward played out of his mind. Happy for Ambry's continual upswing. I think that's a great addition to our to our takeaways um, because there was, I mean, there was one sack where it was, I think it was Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner all at the same time. And they all stood up together and they were all like, hell yeah, we're here. Um, and then Nick Bosa said something very similar. He said, you know, when we go back to the locker room, none of us know how many stats or sacks we have because we're, we're just so often we're getting, getting there with one or two other people, which is a good problem to have. Clay writes, if they eat Turkey on the 50 yard line, a decade old, a, Decade old wound would finally be healed. I don't think they ate it like on the logo, but I think they did eat it on the 50. So I hope that that at least helps your scar fade. I hope so. Daniel Beckham. Beckman, sorry. It didn't seem like Bosa and Young were on D at the same time much in the first half, at least. Was that the plan to help limit reps on a short week and have them out together for bigger series? I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the snap counts. Which would be a good if 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 they really did do that and they kind of like alternated the two. I did see plays where they were on on at the same time, but you, like you said, you said first half, so I'll have to see the snap counts. That could be interesting if if they really felt like they could alternate the two and still get home and still get it as much pressure as they do. Uh, Nate lost in the sauce. Mitchell looks like he's found his sea legs again. Mitchell did get some carries and he looked pretty good. Elijah Mitchell got seven carries for 39 yards. That's 5.6 yards a pop. His longest 13 yard carry was real nice. Kind of went for the, uh, the B gap. It wasn't there. Uh, he kicked it outside, took the C gap and ran up for another five, six yards, six, seven yards. Uh, he did look good. He did look good. And, and that's to me what you need from, the 49ers and what you need from Elijah Mitchell is give Elijah Mitchell seven to maybe seven to 10 carries, depending on how the def- the, the, the defense is responding to what the 49ers are doing and just help him ease the load. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he only had 19 carries, which is not crazy, but he still had 114 yards and two scores. That's nuts. It's nuts. So yes, it does look like Elijah, Mit- Elijah Mitchell looks spry. He looked good. Mike McVay, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Ward played lights out. The offense was great in the first half. The team seemed to fall asleep in the third quarter. You know, they did. And it, it reminded me, like, the team in the third quarter started playing like the team that lost three in a row. That is, to me, what that third quarter felt like. A team that just kind of was like, yeah, we're kicking their ass. We can take a break. You know, we don't have to come firing, come out firing in the second half. That's just what it seemed like. You know, and it's a worrying thing because the 49ers basically for the rest of the season, if they want to have any hopes at a one seed, they do have hope for a two seed now, which again, the benefit, if you're not going to get a first round by the benefit to the higher seeding is you play weaker teams to start the playoffs and you will automatically get, you know, let's say the 49ers do get, let's say the 49ers met the Eagles in the second round of the playoffs. Okay. I don't even know if that would be the case. I think they wouldn't. I think the, the two seed couldn't see the one seed until 
the NFC Championship game. But let's say the Eagles get knocked out of the playoffs. Just crazy talk here. They had the one seed. 49ers get the two seed. Eagles get knocked down. Then the 49ers are essentially the one seed, and every other team has to come to the 49ers. And the NFC Championship game, if they move on, will be at Levi Stadium. So seeding is still very important. And now the 49ers are tied with the Detroit Lions uh, for that number two seed. I haven't looked up this. I, I would, I'm going to kind of try to type this in as we go through our uh, takeaways here for conference standings, NFL, Google. Okay, let's keep going. Mike said, teams seem to be fall asleep in the third quarter. Good thing they woke up in the fourth. Defense stepped up when they when they had to. Nice to see them eat turkey in Seattle. Go Niners. It's it's well said. It's well said. Let me see here. I want the conference standings. There we go. So right now, the 49ers um, are, are the number two seed in the conference right now. They are eight and three. They are tied with the Detroit Lions, but they have a better home record. Uh, I'm assuming it comes down to this divisional record right here. Uh, within the division, they're three and zero. Oh, the Lions are two and one. I'm not sure what the first tiebreaker is for two opponents that have not faced each other, but the 49ers need to hold on to that. Uh, need to hold on to that two seed. Um, oh, yeah, there it is. It even says ESPN, great addition here. It even says in the notes, the 49ers win the tiebreaker over to, over Detroit based on win percentage in conference games. So the 49ers are 6-1 and one in the conference. Detroit Lions are 5-2. and two. So there you go. And obviously there are plenty more games to play, but the 49ers are setting themselves up. Um, Darren says 31 to 13 in Seattle. That's a quality win. No matter what Kyle has a ton of trust in Brock previous years with games still in doubt. He's running, kicking the field goal late tonight, throw a tight window to BA for the game winning touchdown. This team will be able to close out games and that's what they need to be able to do. And it's something we've kind of seen them slip up with from time to time is can they close out a game? Can they keep their foot on the gas and just throttle people? And It felt like they should have absolutely throttled Seattle. And in a way, they did. But it could have been worse. It could have been much worse. Jeffrey K. Lyles at Lyles Movie Files. No tweets from Jed tonight. Definitely appreciated watching the Niners eating bird twice tonight. Thanks, Green Bay. This team is on full. This team is in on full on November and December mode. Love to see it. And they absolutely have to be. Their, Their schedule coming up is not easy. They've got some very challenging opponents coming up just to kind of we'll, we'll end with. Uh, we've got one more uh, one more takeaway here. Um, N8 says 49ers devour Seahawks winning 31 to 13. Let's strike gold tonight. Yeah, let's we're striking gold right now, baby. Let's go. OK, 49ers for the rest of the season. Um, they are at Philadelphia. Then they have the Seahawks at home. Then they are at the Cardinals. Then they have the Ravens at home. Then they are at the Commanders. The Commander, Commanders seem like a scrappy team, too. They're, I mean, uh, Dallas throttled them pretty well. Dron Bland, former Fresno State player, has five pick sixes this season. Unreal. And the Los Angeles Rams. So let's look. Let's just give the 49ers. Let's not give the 49ers the benefit of the doubt in games that seem very close. Okay? So let's say they lose to the Eagles. Again, just, just an exercise. Um, let's say they win against the Seahawks. Let's say they win against the Cardinals. Let's say they lose against the Ravens. And let's say they win against the Commanders and they win against the Rams. That would be two more losses and four more wins, I believe. One, two, three, four. Yes. 
So that would put them at what? 12 and 12 and five, which is not, this team is better than 12 and five, but you, again, you, you lost three in a row. You lost three in a row, but so the, I think that's the 49ers knock on wood, you know, for you guys, uh, I'll, you know, I think that's kind of like their worst case scenario, but I do definitely do think they can beat the Ravens and they can beat the Eagles, but they've got to show up. The 49ers have this weird habit of not showing up in three game stretches or for one quarter. And it's it just, it can hurt them, but it's kind of a football thing. All right, everybody. That's the end of our takeaways. I appreciate, I appreciate everybody. I appreciate you. I am thankful for the Strike and Gold podcast. I am thankful for everybody that is always in the takeaways. Too Fresh, Sogras, Mike, Mike Lyles, you know, all these guys that are just constantly in the takeaways, just becoming a mainstay of this pod. You guys are like little co-hosts, and I appreciate it. Uh, it just means a lot, man. I mean, I know it's just been me and this podcast for a while. I feel like we're in a little bit of a groove. We've been going two a week for a while. You know, and we've got our take takeaway time going. That's thriving. Um, you know, and I'm just thankful for all that. And I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful to my wife, uh, Katie, who is doing an amazing job just nurturing our eight-month-year-old boy in her womb. One About one month. Should be a pretty close to a Christmas baby. And uh, and Robert Newton-Ladder the sixth will show up. So, And then things really get weird. So if I start seeming really tired and sloppy on the podcast, you'll know why. But all right, everybody, I, I truly am thankful for everybody listening. Thank you for being an integral part of this podcast. Um, if you want to jump on whatever app you're listening on and leave us a five-star review and tell us how you feel, um, it would help. It, of course it helps. And, and I read that stuff. I appreciate it. Um, but like I always say, in the end, you're already showing your ultimate form of support by just being here listening. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, again, I'm not necessarily sure the next time I'm going to jump on. Um you know, just because the 49ers are playing in an early game, I, I might I might find a reason to jump on next Monday or Tuesday and then uh, obviously on again to preview the Eagles game. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. And I'm going to say Striking Gold again in a little bit because uh, I got to do the outro in which I say Striking Gold. So that leaves me just saying Striking Gold like five or six times in a matter of two minutes. But anyway, Striking Gold. All right, everybody. I love you guys. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening. But as always, all good things must come to an end. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.